This is First, Last, Best, Worst. The only podcast recorded on a Tascam 4-track cassette tape. We explore the craft of songwriting with our guests as they perform the first, last, best, and worst songs they've ever written. I'm your host, Carl Banks. I'm Taylor Rogers. And I'm Paul Blackwell. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. All right, thanks for joining us today for First, Last, Best, Worst. I'm Taylor Rogers. My name is Carl Banks. And I am really excited about uh, the guests that we have today. I just met him in person today, uh, but we have uh, Andrew Choi, who records under the name St. Lennox. I just met him today, but we were in contact uh, a few years ago before we even started this podcast um, on this subreddit called Songwriters Circle, where people would uh, submit their home recordings for critique uh, from other songwriters and um, you were uh, you were recording under the name Elliot Lehman at the time. Yes. Um, and you were one of the guys on the board that I was always looking forward to your new track coming out. I always thought they were really good. And I was also uh, looking forward to what you had to say about my tracks because I felt like that, uh, you know, your your critiques and your comments were uh, really helpful. If you could uh, ballpark figure how many people were active on this forum. Like hundreds or oh no 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 no, no. dozens okay. yeah. <laughs> dozens dozens plural is being generous I think. yeah okay. maybe maybe there, yeah <laughs> a baker's dozen. Uh, we would uh yeah probably maybe like ten to twelve songs a week would pop up and uh, okay but that's still pretty substantial I mean it was active. it was it was just enough to have a community that uh, was that was that was the high point of the subreddit it's sort of yeah. Uh, yeah, when me and Andrew out. were there, we yeah. were kind of the golden age. <laughs> the golden I'd, like to, age. I'd like to think. If you go back to the subreddit now, it's, a, it's mostly them just talking about us. <laughs> we kind of blew it out. Um, but, uh, but it's great to have you here in the studio, Andrew. Oh, um, it's a ha- happy to be here. We've already been like blabbing about all the stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah, I think we ruined actually all the good conversation <laughs> points before we hit play. So, uh, really, you I guys forgot are, them already. So. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are really getting the dregs of uh, uh, of all this. Um, so uh, thanks for coming in, Andrew. Uh, do you want to hit us with the first song that you ever wrote? Sure. So I don't know for sure if this was the first song that I ever wrote, but uh, it's uh, called Apparently. This is off of uh, my most recent record. Uh, And here we go. Put it in a bottle and then chuck it in the ocean. That's what I think of you. Apparently. Valuable but disposable Apparently I think that you are Not my style, no Maybe I'll pick you up again In a little while Put it in a box and then we'll Relegate it to a distant thought That's what I think of you Apparently fate has divine That I think what's important now is my sense of pride Maybe I'll see you again On another side of it I'm not quite sure of how to gauge my reaction But I thought that I'd sacrifice A lot more to stay I think the shock of it Has dulled my emotions I've got a ways Take it off the wall and then I'll Put it in the attic, that's what I think of you Apparently Very prized, but not for my Consumption or display on every single day Maybe I'll dust it off every once in a while I'm not quite true about to gauge my reaction But I thought that I'd sacrifice a lot more to say I think the shock of it has told my emotions And it still feels like I've got away ways 
Take it to the backyard and then Dig a hole to put it in That's what I think of you Apparently Out of sight and out of mind Apparently I'm much too tired To pick up the pieces Maybe I'll dig you up In a hundred years I'm not quite true about To gauge my reaction But I Thought that I'd sacrifice A lot more to stay I think the shock of it Has told my emotions And still Feels like I've got away That was fantastic. That was so good. I want to talk about um, composition and how um, where the seed of the idea starts. Is it the the drums, and then you build up from there, or um, and then also like what? I guess who's playing what? Are you doing the drums? Are you doing the guitar? And then you're clearly here singing with us. Oh yeah. Um. Well, that was near the beginning, so I don't yeah. remember so much about how that. Went down. I I think I was starting to try and write songs, and I I had an electric guitar, which I subsequently didn't use very much after that. But um, I had an electric guitar, so I probably just like put like what I thought was kind of an interesting chord progression together, Mm -hmm. Uh, and the drums. I think uh, Fruity Loops, now now <laughs> known as FL Studio, um, I think they had they, they had up, they got a haircut. <laughs> they uh, they had some drum like some basic drum tracks, mm-hmm. and so that was probably one of the initial like drum like beats that they had. And I I might have I think what I what I usually did. Um, is I would sort of put them together in like a four bar se- or four something sequence mm-hmm. and then just kind of mess around with it from there. Um, you know, add, add a fill or sort of add something else. So I probably, I probably messed with uh, it a little bit. And then from there, I think, I think oftentimes what I'll do is I'll, that was probably a period where I would like write an instrumental and then I would just kind of sit with it. I, I would have an MP3 player with me that I would like put the instrumentals on. And I'd just kind of like go around, you know, like when you walk on around my day thing. and like if something pops into my head, then I'd sort of go from there, um, which, which I, I, I think is important because, you know, you listen to you listen to some music and it the music itself should evokes some emotional reaction that has some connection to sort of sounds obvious when I say it this way, has some connection to sort of the words or the melody that you have in mind. And so that's a way of, I guess, kind of putting things together such that there's harmony. Yeah. There's some, there's some connection between, between everything together. Um, So that's probably how that song came about. And I think, I, that that particular song, I mean, I I do this in a few other songs, especially I think from that period. Is what period are we talking? Is this like oh, fifteen years ago? 10 no, years ago? no, <laughs> I haven't been writing that okay, long. I, I, it's um, I probably started writing. I'm guessing like 2013, 2012, hmm. 2013. Um, Was the Reddit? period was that when you were first starting or had you been at it for a minute i think i had been doing it for a little while i think i think i didn't join the the reddit thread until i had moved to new york i think so that that must have been at least oh sorry no 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 2010 is where that song must have been from because 2014 is when i i graduated from law school 2011 is when i moved to new york 2010 or maybe even 2009 is when I was writing my first songs. Sorry, yeah. so that that's that's, that's, that's in the Columbus, Ohio. That's in Columbus, Ohio. So what what was your uh, background before that uh, in terms of music? When did you start playing music? What uh, got you into it? Oh, so I, I started playing music when I was um, six or seven because my uh, 
older brother had started playing the viola and I was jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. <laughs> it was the it was the eighties. <laughs> and uh I wanted to play the violin, so I, I, I played the uh started playing the violin. So to move from uh Missouri to Iowa. Well what part of Missouri? Uh Columbia, Missouri. Oh, okay. Oh. I, my sister lives there. I'm from St. Louis. Oh, okay. There we go. Another connection. <laughs> and um uh, yeah, so I, I was playing the, the violin until about 18. Um, I was very good at it. I, I have a number of national and international competitions <laughs> really? in the violin I won. Trophies? Uh, yeah. <laughs> they give you trophies uh, for that? I'd say, yeah, I got, got money. So I, nice. I, I went to Juilliard for one year, uh, to take part in the pre-college program that they had there. And, uh, then I, I stopped it basically as soon as I got into college because, I was a rebellious teenager and wanted to do something else that was different from what I had been doing before. Um, like classical music or just in... Classical like, music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then just didn't do music for a while until uh, yeah, there's about... No, there's nothing more punk rock than quitting music. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, it's, uh, I, I, I went into philosophy um, and did that for undergrad and graduate school. But then uh, I started doing karaoke um, at some, I don't know what year it would be, but I'm guessing around 2008. Yeah. Um, just to, uh, I, I'd given a talk at a philosophy conference and was very nervous and it was in Florida. I was driving back through Florida, through Atlanta, Georgia, and Atlanta. I stopped by a karaoke joint that I had gone through as I was driving down and mm-hmm. didn't sing and thought, okay, you know what? Let me try some karaoke. And I so So that was your kind of like re entry into music was karaoke? Yeah, 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 yeah. You got the spark? You were yeah. you liked it? Yeah. Well, I, I think there's um I think from I, I didn't do any writing before as a classical musician, but sort of doing doing karaoke, uh, in some ways it is a lot like classical music in the sense that you are performing classics mm-hmm. and then your artistic contribution to that is that you are interpreting mm-hmm. the classics. And huh. that's, right. that's, that's, really that's what karaoke yeah. is. Right. So then uh, uh, fr- from that point, so I got into to jazz uh, and then started. Jazz, jazz karaoke? No, no. There is jazz karaoke. <laughs> really? I don't uh, but, <laughs> I, I'm not surprised. I know there's like punk rock karaoke. But, but uh, the, uh, yeah, I got into jazz and uh, then I, I got into writing because I, I would go to, Oh, the, um, I, for some time when I was in Ohio, I had tried to get like a piano trio to perform with me as a jazz singer. Mm -hmm. And I was not successful at finding a piano trio that wanted to play with me. So I started going to open mics and then recording. I replaced all all of the instrumentalists with uh, an MP3 track that I created with Fruity Loops Uh, and uh, just started going to open mic and performing jazz standards that way. Bring your MP3, plug it in. Yeah. Actually, the the first one was a mini disc player, a Sony (laughs) mini disc player. Um, Amazing. Well, well, it is cool uh, that, you know, that you kind of, that karaoke got you back into it. Mm -hmm. And now you're here, you know, in our home studio and you're playing backing tracks off of your phone, and you're also, you know, reading the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> as, so it, it's cool to see how karaoke has influenced you as, you know, a singer songwriter. Yeah. No, and I, I think I think it's um I I think people th- think of karaoke as being a people have derogatory things to say about I karaoke. I have a problem with karaoke because it's a job stealer, especially like when you're a gigging <laughs> musician. Oh, they can okay. hire somebody to come do karaoke and. You know, there's probably a bit of jealousy too because it's like I want to be the center of attention, and this is like I like dedicated my life to it, and now you just get to go up and do it. You know what <laughs> I mean? Right, well, you I, really set Carl off. You got him going now. Well, a lot of it's going to take a while to get him to calm down. <laughs> this is a mess. We're going to have to stop the tape. Let, let, let me let me let me say I I do, I will say I I think that in in a significant sense 
they're it's a completely different market that would come out mm-hmm. for karaoke versus listen to live music. And let me give you an example. <laughs> so when I was in law school at NYU, there was a bar, uh, a Wicked Willies. Oh, I pl- yeah, I know okay. that place. I Wicked, Wicked, Wicked Willies. <laughs> I used to go there for karaoke. And they they loved me there. So the owner like gave me I had free drinks at Wicked Billy's <laughs> if I was going there for karaoke that they gave me like he gave it to me for life. <laughs> he forgot about that a few years later. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Who cares? Anyway, um, there was uh, the bouncer at Wicked Billy's. Um, he 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 played some guitar and he was like, "Well, here's what I want to do. I would like to maybe before karaoke." will you know i know you and like a few other singers will like i'll play some guitar and we can do like covers basically except with you know some of the the good karaoke singers mm-hmm. that go through there so i was like okay sure i'll do that that sounds like fun so we we were doing that for a, f- a few weeks um and then there was there was one time though where i thought and this is where <laughs> this is where your comment comes in i thought you know what like I've been, you know, like I write some good tunes, mm-hmm. like I've been to open mic and like people listen to it and they'll, they'll like the music. So what I'll do is like intermixed, I will like do like one of my own songs. Right. Actually, the last song that I'm going to do is one of those. I'm going to do one of those songs and just kind of mix it in with the covers. And, you know, like I'm a good singer, like I'm a uh-huh. good writer, whatever. It, it'll be fine. I did that and I cannot tell you like as soon as they heard some song that they didn't recognize uh-huh. their faces like they, they were they were not happy with what was going on and i mean you can picture it because i played there and like i know that crowd it's like oh it's rough. so i i'm just i guess my my thought is is that you you do have and it, not to no well, i mean that's what i'm gonna end up doing but not to badmouth the 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 scene in the village area, mm-hmm. but the people go there because they want to hear familiar right. stuff. Right. And yeah. so they, have because, beer, they have beer pong. <laughs> yeah. So because of that, I, I feel like, I, I, I feel like that it's, if it's going to be live original live music, it's going to end up being a different crowd and they have to yeah. sort of pick and choose, but yeah. Totally. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I think we should move on to the, the latest song. Or yeah. The last song. Let's, uh, let's hear Oh yeah, here one second. So relating to your uh, your prior comment, the name of this song is "The Long Rolling Hills of Central Missouri." Here we go. And this song isn't done yet. and mountains along the highway just northeast of here I am the spirit of the spruces and the maples deep in the forest out of my backyard the rolling hills of central misery I still remember the myths from the era the long rolling hills of central misery Ancient fables from the era We packed the Datsun full of furniture and boxes Mom's summer dresses and the towels from the hallway We packed the U-Haul with figments from the attic Dad's record collection and the fancy china The rolling hills of central misery I still remember the myths from the era, the long rolling hills of central misery, ancient fables from the era. We 
packed the Datsun full of blankets and downy. Old bottles of alcohol and turpentine. I am the wolf god running north through the valleys. I am the wanderer running north through the hills. The rolling hills of central misery. I still remember the myths from the era. The long rolling hills of central misery. Ancient fables from the era. Along the highway, just northeast of here, I am the spirit of the spruces and the maples. Deep in the forest, out of my backyard, the rolling hills of central misery. I still remember the myths from the era. The gently rolling hills of central misery. Ancient fables from the era. That's the end. That's amazing. <laughs> That's great, man. Uh, so, so you're just now working on this one. This is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wrote the song a little while ago. I haven't <laughs> been trying to get back into songwriting, but I didn't. I didn't finish the song. Is it? It, it has some aspects of it that I think need to be adjusted. Could you yeah, articulate what, specifically? Yeah. yeah. So, so for instance, um, uh, I kind of go back and reprise the first A verse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one thought is that I would give completion to the song by sort of reprising that line. That's, I guess, how I ended up doing it, except I, for, I forgot I got lost and forgot the first line of that verse. Mm-hmm. So that, that was one way to end it. So the other way to end it, which I've been sitting with for a while, is like in the third verse, um, I end up sort of ending the verse with hills, and the idea is that it then goes into the long rolling hills of central Missouri, which sort of mm-hmm. brings everything to a close. But I think that third verse is a little... I, I think it, it doesn't quite makes sense because the structure of this song, at least the first part is I start out with that. So the, the song is kind of like two sets of memories. Mm-hmm. One is that I used to kind of walk around. We had like a big forest, like behind the house that I lived in, uh, uh, in Missouri. And I used to go like, you're walking around, you, know, you get lost. There's like this highway with like these cliffs that we kind of like watch the cars go by. Mm-hmm. So there, there's, there's, I guess some verses relate to that memory. The fable part? Yeah, yeah. And then the second part is sort of memories about sort of when we were packing up and moving Mm -hmm. from Missouri. So I I guess where the chorus comes from is when you drive from Missouri to Iowa, which is where I ended up moving, the terrain in Missouri is very hilly, but when you get to Iowa, it turns very flat. And I remember that. Mm. That that was on the move. Yeah, striking. Um, uh, and uh, I get. I guess the issue is that the 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 verses. I think the best way to set up the structure of the song is to alternate between verses that relate to the first set of memories and verses that relate to the second set of memories. And the third verse is kind of it. It cuts it in half does half one, half the other. And I think the better way to structure the song is maybe to give the third verse uh, its own, have it just I be did. about moving or yeah. have it just be about gotcha. sort of the nature story. Go to another verse, ideally um, having to do with moving. And then probably what I would do is I would end it with the first one to kind of tie everything together. Mm-hmm. And then so maybe I'll figure out how to readjust the the lines that way. So I think... That's probably how I would end up um, finishing the song at, at this point. Then you know, then I can kind of mess around with the instrumental, see if there's right. anything. Would you want to add drums and stuff, or I mean, it's it sounds finished to me when I'm hearing it because it's like <laughs> it sounds I, so good. I you know, and it like is striking to me. I I think I think it it shouldn't have drums. I I like I like the chord progression a lot, and I think the. Um, there's a simplicity about it, which kind of matches that, like, because I'm remembering about things from when I was younger. So I think the simplicity matches there. Um, yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't add a drum track or 
do much more. It's possible I might add um, some kind of like instrument on top of that. But even then, not may, maybe not because I I have like a little humming part that I have in like uh, the the bridge, which if you listen to my music, ninety percent of the time the bridge is just the A A verse instrumental track, um, just kind of okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, it'll. I, I like how that goes and there isn't any particular reason for me necessarily to put another melodic line in, especially if the idea is to kind of keep everything simple. That, yeah. I, I agree with Carl. I didn't, it, it didn't seem like you needed much more than, or any really anything more than that guitar track. It seems like your, you know, your voice took up, you know, right. the space that it needs to front and center and that, you know, didn't really need much more to support it. Uh, in my opinion, but it is here to, cool to hear you uh, talk about. Um, obviously, having obviously lyrics are like a very important and like meaning uh, is a really central part of your your compositional process. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I actually remember uh, one of the criticisms that I got from you back. Uh, you know, in the glory days of the uh, of the subreddit. <laughs> what was the subreddit called? Uh, Songwriter Circle. Oh, okay. Was uh, I, I I put up a track that was like you know fairly well produced, and I you know uh, I was going back and looking at it the other day uh, to prepare for this interview, and uh, uh, and you you had written some stuff about how like there was a lot of good hooks, like um, but that the lyrics uh, you you in, in a very nice way you were like oh the the, mean, the lyrics are meaningless. And uh, <laughs> it really oh, affects, but like in a, it, it, you phrased it nice, and I was like, oh, you know, you're you're right. I I really just kind of like toss those off, and uh, I think that um, at that point I was also like thinking like, oh, well, I should probably like. I think it kind of catalyzed me to to start paying more attention to to actual meaning, as opposed to like lyrics just being something that you have to do if you're using, <laughs> fit in the- if you're singing with a voice, you know, uh, which is kind of how I originally, when I first started, I was just like, oh, I just want to write chords and melodies, you know, and, mm. and but, you know. Um, well, here, here, here's the thing. I, I will say, like, it, like my, my position on songwriting is that you should just, you should try and get as many tools as you can I think sort of a certain approach to lyrics is just another tool to think about incorporating. And if you can incorporate things, that's oftentimes, but not necessarily better, because you know, you, we're, we're, you know, we're not gonna incorporate like an orchestral section and you know, like classical structure and you're not gonna do that in every single song. So it's just yeah. a matter of because I I I I often talk to songwriters where. Like I'm, I'm really big on, like, thinking about like chord progressions and like understanding music theory, partly because it, you know, gives you some ability to sort of write more complex chord progressions. And I think the standard like response that I get from a lot of songwriters is like, well, but you know, you know, are are you saying that like I should like write like the most complex chord progression ever, and then that will be the best song? I'm like, no, that's not my position. Rude. But uh, <laughs> on, on top of that, like all, all that I'm saying is that you you should try and get as many tools as you can, and getting sort of a good holistic education in music is not about forcing all of that into every song that you have. It's just giving yourself sort of additional tools that you can use. And for, for me, I really think of it as it's, it's a, it's an agency thing is you are increasing your capacity as a musical agent to be able to write other things that you couldn't before by giving yourself tools. And it doesn't mean you need to put everything into like every song, but it's just having, having the option. And the thing is you're not going to have the option if you don't, Develop that skill set. Develop that skill set. Well, talking about uh, writing the best possible song, um, I think we should move on to (laughs) hearing your best song. Uh, What's the name of this one? The name of this song is You Have Got to Feel It.
Fishermen sailing off the coast of Spain can tell you everything you need to make it. But it's all just information. You can't just do because they told you to. Captains floating through the space to places in the distance can give directions. But it's empty communication. You can't just do because you heard it from them. You gotta have time and sparkle, focus and vision. At mercy, you have got to feel it. Baby, you have got to feel it. You gotta have lights and action, energy and charge. At mercy, you have got to feel it. Baby, you have got to feel it. West Coast ladies with their diamond rings can tell you how they made their millions. But it's all lost in translation. You can't just speak their language, rookie. Hardened crooks on the run from the fuzz can pass the secrets of the brotherhood on. But it's all at integration. You can't just know it all so easy. You gotta have a lizard canary familiar to ochre. At mercy, you have got to feel it, baby. You have got to feel it. You gotta have. Cardamom, sugar, clove, and parsley. And mostly, you have got to feel it. Baby, you have got to feel it. Swirling their ears can tell you how to start a revolution, but it's all a flight of fancy until you finally get the proof of it. Babes from Mars with their legs and arms can give a lesson how to move it, but it's all confabulation until you take a step or two. You gotta have diamonds, clovers, hearts, and stars. And mostly, you have got to feel it, baby. You have got to feel it. You gotta have fire, water, wind, and heart. And mostly, you have got to feel it, baby. You have got to feel it. I feel it. I feel, I feel it. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> that was great. Um, can we talk about uh, the tune a little bit? Can we talk about the lyrics in the in this one? Oh, uh, so so actually, we're referring back to our previous conversation. Uh-huh. This is a song that has almost no narrative. Like, <laughs> right. there's no narrative structure to it. No, uh, it's it's more of a, a command. <laughs> 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 oh well. So, so yeah. So speaking of which, this. Um, so this this song, I think I think in some ways uh, the spirit of it comes from. There's, do you know, are you, how familiar are you with REM? Uh, not mm, so yeah. so. You know, I know the hits. So there, there's a there's a song off of. I'm pretty sure it's Life's Rich Pageant called Good Advices. And so I have. There's another song that I have that I haven't sung in like years. I can't remember the name of it, but the struct the structure of good advice is, is it's just a whole bunch of like advice to somebody about like you know I, I don't know what the posture is in good advices by REM, but the posture it it's generally them giving advice where I think I think in that song maybe it's more like a parental figure sort of giving advice to sort of a younger person. Um and I I think I think it's a very interesting topic. And it's a very different type of song that you might have otherwise, given that um, it's literally just everything is just like pieces of advice. And so I think in some ways this song is supposed to be like it does have like in the chorus sort of a general piece of advice. But then the rest of it, I guess the, the, the adjustment that I made sort of in comparison with the R.E.M. song is that the rest of it is just 
kind of kind of like with the what was the first the, the apparently song. It's just taking like one metaphor and just kind of extending it mm-hmm. or sort of taking it in some interesting directions and it's all about trying to sort of work with language yeah for, for, it, oh yeah go ahead yeah it, it seems like you um one thing that i always appreciate is when songwriters uh try to use words that you don't typically hear in i feel like um and i've said this before i feel like uh there's sort of like a songwriter vocabulary of kind of words and tropes and images that are kind of um just sort of like the unspoken like canon of songwriterly <laughs> language yes. yeah. and i always appreciate it when people um try to use words that you don't typically hear you know outside of that sort of uh that's that structure and i i i think that you know by having more of like a loose like abandoning the narrative structure for that song you got to use it kind of freed you up to you know talk <laughs> yeah. about like clover and cardamom and stuff like that you know and yeah. have fun with with just the english language yeah no i mean i i will say i i was thinking about this last week i was thinking about like if i was talking to somebody like giving them advice on like lyricism like the first thing that came to mind actually was just avoiding all all tropes yeah so so for, for example like I know that there are many like guitar singer songwriters, especially if they got some kind of bluesy aspect to them. They will like insert some line about how something like affects their soul. Yeah. Stop it. Just yeah. stop saying. That. Yeah. Stop saying that. Yeah. Show don't tell. You know. It's like. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah exa- exactly. So th- there's there's so many other ways that you can you can express yourself, and I I think a, a good part of songwriting is just sort of going back and like looking. And like you, as you're writing, you will find just trope after trope. Or go to an open mic somewhere, you will find trope after trope after trope, and just be like, "Oh, okay, like what's what's going on here?" Sometimes, Uh, yeah, is everyone official to go to go at the trope too? (laughs) Yeah, for 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 real, because you're following in this tradition, and you're like just like you're saying with karaoke or classical, where you're you're just varying it, and it's like, I mean, I I. Something that makes my skin crawl is like the word baby. People like it's always just in there whenever it's like. <laughs> but then there are also some really great songs that you know use that. Well, word I think and- I I I think I mean I I I agree with that too. But, but I I do think that you have to use it self consciously. You have to be aware of sure. of that trope and where how you're coming at it and not just using it uh, as like a stock, right? You know, thing. Well, I yeah I I will say like I I do I do understand i agree with the idea that like there there are certain turns of phrase that people will use and the idea is that the turn of phrase of course like has some aesthetic appeal that's mm-hmm. that's why, why it's been, yeah. that's why the original writer sort of put it in there in the yeah, first definitely. place and especially like as you're saying if it's part of like a like a community where like that is something that's like it's 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 part of like that songwriter sort of styles vocabulary, mm-hmm. then of course, you know, like I'm not, you wouldn't want to take the position that like, you know, to be a best songwriter, you have to like invent your own language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the only shit I listen to. <laughs> that would, I guess that would be, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I think, I think to your point, the, the idea is that it is, it's about being conscious of what it is figuring out this is like this is talking about like the tools sort of figuring out like what's what's going on like am i using it because you know i was just like whatever or is it that like now that i see it there like what am i what am i going to do about that i so yeah. i i will see that in some of my songs where i will see a um sometimes i'll see a word pop up like multiple times mm-hmm. in several different songs and I'll be like, Oh, you know, it, it, it is, I'll think to myself, you know, Oh, it is like kind of an alternative word to use in relation to sort of whatever other song waves are out there, but uh-huh. I'll see it several times. I think oftentimes I will look at it and then I'll take out like one use of it in one song and 
try and work around that. Mm-hmm. But on the on the other hand, like I have oftentimes like kept the word in like between two different songs because I'm like, oh, well, maybe that's maybe there's something interesting. Maybe that's just part of your voice as a songwriter. Yeah, but, yeah, know, yeah. Um, yeah. In the previous song you were talking about uh, when you were talking about moving, one of the lines was uh, your dad's record record collection. Mm. Maybe we could talk about the. Do you remember what records were in that collection and they have an influence <laughs> on you? Um, or early, I, I imagine that there were a lot of classical stuff in there. The the one the one that I do remember, I don't know if we I I looked for it and I I couldn't find it. Um my my parents had a they had a record version of the I guess it must have been the soundtrack to Pinocchio. It's a beautiful record because I remember the cover. It basically has all the characters from Pinocchio just like, you know, hanging out like on the cover <laughs> of the record. And I think at least from what I remember is like the record itself had like some illustrations on it. And of course this is like early Disney. So it's like amazingly beautiful right? Um, as a record. And I, I think that's, that's one that I remember aside from that. I, I don't remember so many of the other records, although I do, I do know that my, my parents, they want, they wanted me to like listen to classical music. So the, mm-hmm. there were a lot of classical music records in that collection did you enjoy it when you were young? I mean, did you like listening to two records? I I think I think I did. I mean, I mean, I yeah. remember listening to the Pinocchio one, right? Um, <laughs> which I guess is some somewhat classical. So you know, it is it is an orchestra that's 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 playing the score. Um, but yeah, no, it it is something that I remember liking. I just don't have that many other specific memories. Because I'm old, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I, I'm just trying to ask about early influences yeah. too. What what were you listening to? Did you get hooked on rock, or were you just no, no? You know? I I didn't I didn't listen to, I didn't really listen to non classical music until I was about sixteen. Mm. I'd say I had my, I had like my, I guess my early re- rebellious phase where I started listening to. Um, who was who was trending back then? Counting Crows, Alanis Morissette, uh, Joan Osborne had come out with her only good record, um, Relish. Soundgarden had already come out by that time. So I was right a big now. Soundgarden guy. That was my favorite band. Yeah, in this high is great. Yeah. <laughs> I had I had the tape. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> this is really. Um, who else? I started listening to a lot of REM then. So yeah. by by the time I had finished my junior year uh, in high school, I think I had all of their records. Um, They've got a lot point. of stuff, don't they? They do, they do. Uh, geez, how many records do they have? I, I'm thinking it must be sixteen or yeah, it's a lot. Um, but yeah, New Adventures in Hi-Fi. I'm I'm skipping all the ones before that. New Adventures in Hi-Fi. After that was Reveal. Oh, up and then reveal, then around the sun. Okay, not so good. And then um, <laughs> oh, accelerate. I think I think they would acknowledge that it's not it's not their best work. Um, around the sun, accelerate. Oh, and then uh, then their last one, which I can't I can't remember the name of it. I did I did I did like it. Mm-hmm. Just can't remember the well, name of it. Speaking of uh, not their best work, uh, do you want to uh, <laughs> do you want to get into your worst song? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do like this song, but it's it's just um too many tropes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's it's just well, um, we'll we'll talk about why I dislike it now. This song is called Beautiful Liar. <laughs> Sheriff in town, there's a damsel in distress. Savior to the people, all things to everyone rich, and you're filled with confidence. You're the fastest in the west. You shoot from the hip side, cowboy 
with a sensitive side You're a wooden carriage jockey You're a beautiful liar Hang ten on the riptide Hey dude, see you on the flip side You're a fish without an ocean You're a beautiful liar the great communicator you're the agency the brave hero of the day preserve the american way cause you put the free in freedom and the w in george you bleed from your west side martyr with a thorn in your side you're a revolutionary you're a beautiful liar You see with a glass eye Psychic with an ominous sigh You see visions of the future You're a beautiful liar a cause that storm in the schoolyard gold medal on the miracle mile you're a teenage lone wolf you got the jacket to prove it you come from the south side south side of the upper east side you're a walking contradiction you're a beautiful liar you come from the south side Outside of the Upper East Side, you're a complicated man. You're a beautiful liar. That was awesome. I really like that one a lot. So, so I <laughs> let me let me tell you. Well, so I I I feel like one, it has a number of political references, which I think at this point are now dated. Uh, two, I think, I think, I think it was, this was actually one of the first songs that I wrote. I have it. So I have all of my lyrics on like a, a PDF that has them numbered. This says number 10. I don't know the first 10 songs, what the actual order was. So yeah. apparently it's technically it's listed as number three, but I think it, I think it was the first, it was at least in there. I think it may have been the first song, but I, I don't know. It's number 10. Um, I, I think the, the issue is that I, I was also kind of going for taking like lyrical tropes and then sort of putting them in a different context. And I guess I liked that idea. And I think in some cases it works in some cases, I think it doesn't work. And so it just sounds like I'm just reciting the trope and then it's just like, well, that's not. It does. It doesn't sound. Which which specific ones do you think just don't okay. don't work? So here I'm 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 going through the lip the the list here. Um, I do think the cowboy cowboy with a sensitive side. I like that. I think that's a great. Lyric. I like that. I like the surfer dude line. Um, fish without an ocean. I feel like that's already kind of a. I think that's a thing already, and so I don't I don't like how that that works. Phone book to the Hollywood stars. I like that. Great communicator, agent to the brave. I like those. I don't like the so the, the next part is preserve the American way because you put the free and freedom in the W in George. Uh -huh. I thought maybe I th I think that back in two thousand ten or eleven, you know, shortly after George Bush was no longer president, that that yeah. felt like a clever line. And now I feel like already like context like it just I I think it gets lost. Yeah. Um. It's mostly the first. It's mostly the first part. I think if I replace them with different metaphors, I think it could be a good song. I like the sort of weird trumpet hook. Yeah, yeah I think that's good. Is that a Fruity Loop trumpet? Yeah. So, um, that 
so that that's that's actually a clip from some random musician, except it's slowed down to a different key, and it's it's putting it in a different chord context, so it's saying something else. Oh, that's really cool. So I may actually, if I ever end up using it, I may end up um, having somebody perform may, maybe what the original sounded like and then redoing that. Yeah. Or I may have somebody sort of just re-performing it, except giving, you know, giving their interpretive spin on uh-huh. how, how that works. And I yeah. will say, like since that time, because that's when I first started sort of writing stuff, you'll you'll see in some other tracks that there, there's like the, the saxophone line from the You've Got to Feel It song. Mm-hmm. What I've done since then, partly because I, I don't want to just, although even in this case, I think I sort of repurpose it in a way that is completely different. Yeah. But what I've done since then is I, uh, sometimes what I'll do is I'll, I'll take like a recording of somebody like a saxophonist playing a part and then what I'll do is I will there's uh there's like a program in Fruity Loops where you can change the length and the pitch of the notes. Mm-hmm. And so I will change it so that they're playing a completely different melody. So for for from you know whatever year that was since then sort of I basically have one clip of a saxophone player that I just repurpose whatever they played into almost there's there's technical limitations, but I can repurpose it into playing many other melodies that they didn't play, although it retains some of the the original phrasing. It's pretty cool. Because really when neat. you change the pitch, it, the trumpet was a little bit like, it's a little bit off at times and kind of sliding into notes and stuff. It sounded really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. No, so you, you, you get a lot of, you get a lot of, I I I wonder if may, may, maybe I invented that <laughs> this this whatever whatever technique this is uh-huh. but yeah I, but it, it what are you grabbing the original track from so th- that this one was from some trumpet player sort of rehearsing something on YouTube okay um, so you but, just kind of you, you just kind of found something and you just did you were you like I don't know if this will work but I'll just I'll just play around with it until I get it to make sense with yeah, the chords yeah. That's really cool. Um, but there, there's some others that, like, I, I do, like, uh, most of the natural instruments that you hear, like, that is just me. Mm-hmm. Um, or I will record somebody live and then we'll just repurpose it into a completely different melody. It is really cool working with samples. I do some I do some stuff uh, just trying to repurpose MP3s that I have on my computer and mashing mm. them together. Um, and it's, it's a really cool way to compose because... It, it adds an element of like outside chance into your compositions because yeah. you're just trying to find stuff that you think maybe will work. And if it does work, it's something that you could have never really come up with because you're just this kind of luck of the draw of like you finding things and like trying to mash them together. Um, so I think that it's like kind of a cool element of randomness. It's kind of like that. lyric writing, you know, you have a certain set of potential words and you're kind of just mashing them together and then when they fit right you're like wow you know yeah yeah you know, similar type of thing um but i i feel like if i was ever to release that song or some variant on it like i i feel like i i'd need to i need to rewrite uh, mm. a, a fair chunk of the lyrics because i i just don't think it works anymore mm, it's yeah not, you know it's, it's got like a it's got a hook and it's got you know th- there are aspects melodically that i like about the song but if it if it's got one bad lyric on it, it's not a good song anymore. <laughs> right. I think that already, <laughs> that already, like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you performing live a lot? Uh, do you do, take this out live, or are you mostly? A uh, so, uh, I mean, I, 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 I used to perform out more. I perform less than I used to do, partly because I, I just don't, I don't, I don't think it does anything anymore. In fact, I, I. My advice to most people is just don't perform out anymore, like record stuff, because the way that people hear you now is online. Um, I mean, I think I, I think just couldn't there's... disagree with that more. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think music being played in a room with other people in the room is it's, uh, e- you know, eternal. And it's like it's so important. So you know, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think so. I, I guess I mean it, it from. I mean it from like a career advancement perspective. Yeah. I I think I think what happens is people there are many bands in New York that just 
perform way too much and then you're like well it's it can be there's a cost to it there's like a time cost to it and i think people need to spend more time sort of just recording and then releasing music just from from like a professional perspective i do think that performing live you get something unique out of that that you wouldn't ordinarily that you wouldn't ordinarily get and there there can be many people will have like a tendency, especially in like a recording context to kind of like overly polish things in a way that can like eliminate um, a lot of interesting details. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I agree with all of that. Um, but I, I think, and the, I, I will say the, the other thing is I think in New York, there is definitely a period where it's good to, kind of like cycle through a lot of the venues like for a lot of singer songwriters it's good to play rockwood for a lot of bands it's good to play mercury lounge just so that you get you get that practice and you like you build up you kind of like need to build up and you get you some also, street cred from, i think you get better playing live i think there's no other option or yeah like, you, get, you know like <laughs> you can only you can only get so good in the practice room and then you have to take it to the yeah. stage to like get that next level of like confidence. I'm not trying to be combative. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I can, I, well, I, <laughs> I will say, it's going to be terrible. I, I will say, uh, with, with the live version that I do, we are, we almost never, they jump, they, they, they disagree with me. So they agree with you. We almost never rehearse because what happens is I, I don't have enough time for that. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I, you know, I have a lot of other stuff that I'm doing, but uh, I now by by this time though, like they're all familiar with a lot of the music already. But they can rehearse. the The way that we perform is that I give, I play the track. They play on top of it, which adds sort of a more live element and adds some sort of interesting mm-hmm. like complexities to that. And then we perform basically on top of the track. So what happens is that nobody needs to rehearse together because we all rehearse with the track. Mm-hmm. As long uh, as the track stays the same, pretty, everybody pretty stays. Right. And, then, and then what happens is that be, because, <laughs> because um, the track is also playing, <laughs> if somebody messes up a little bit, eh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> as, long, as long as the drummer, as long as everybody stays in time with the track, right then it ends up being fine in the end. And beca- uh-huh. because everything is also sort of more, it is more vocal centered. Right. Um, as long as I'm on point um, and I can just practice, you know, to the track. Actually, I don't, I don't practice that much. It's terrible, but um, you know, everything fits together. But right. that, yeah. that's, so that I will say though, look, if I did not have other work that I was doing, I would probably rehearse more with yeah. with the band. With the band. I, yeah. I think that that sounds right. And what I've done is more of a survival mechanism right. to sort of make it work that I can do this. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that sounds like a pretty efficient way to do things if you're short on time. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, I think it's cool. So you've got a uh, you've got a record out that came that came out of uh, last year, 2018. Yeah, so October. I think it was October 2018. And it's uh, Ten Fables of Young Ambition and Passionate Love. Did I get that right? Yes, yes. All that's right, correct. cool. I nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> I get it wrong half the time. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I mean, I it, it took me a while to get uh, first, last, best, worst. <laughs> and you're yeah. the one that thought of the idea, too. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, um, is there anything that you'd like to promote coming up that you've uh, that you've got coming down the pipeline? Well, I I have a show in somewhere in Long Island. I think it's going to be June second. There's a a pastor of a church there who who's having a a, a benefit for victims of opiate addiction so i'm i'm gonna we're, we're i think things are, are nailed down we're gonna sound like a, a party a show for that and then <laughs> we're uh i i have a show oh i should figure out the time i have a show in july i have some friends from uh that are co- from columbus or columbus ohio oriented we're gonna mm-hmm. do a show at the way station at some point in july um but aside from that not 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 too much performing. I'm 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 in the process of trying to write for the next record. I do have like I think a little over half of it's written. Cool. 
Um, but I need to, I need to have some time writing. So I will say I do perform a lot in the sense that I go to open mics fairly often as a way of just trying out new material. So I I have some two, two songs that I've written since, uh, Long Rolling Hills of Central Missouri. Um, just will, to will try out going to open mic affect uh, the lyrics. Like if yeah. something doesn't work live, then you might go and change it. Yeah, no. Some sometimes sometimes I think the lyrics don't work, and then I try it out, and I'm like, oh, okay, that that worked. Or um, sometimes you don't know until you get on stage and you hear it leave your mouth, and you're looking at people, and you're like, and then you know how you feel about. Yeah. That. <laughs> hey, so there's this. <laughs> God, there's this song that I wrote. I'm still working on it. That's why I didn't do it as my last song, but it's called My Socialist Friend. I have I have socialist leanings. Uh, I did the song as a kind of like somewhat affectionate tribute to a, a, a number of socialist friends that I have. I performed it at an open mic, and one person thought that I was... Um, ridiculing socialists and said, Oh, you know, you should wear a MAGA hat when you're, when you're performing it. And I thought, I looked at, I was like, okay, I'm going, I'm I'm going back to the drawing board. Just it, it, it's interesting sort of trying to perform stuff and just seeing the way that it is interpreted just because there's so many contextual things that affect how, Mm -hmm. How things are taken, especially if it's got political contact right. uh, context. Yeah. Uh, so, Andrew, thanks for thanks for joining us here. Um, uh, everyone, check out Saint Linux online. Uh, check out that new record on Bandcamp. And uh, this has been another episode of First, Last, Best, Worst. Thank you so much. <laughs>